a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Cecilia, here we are. Hi. Look, you're over there and I'm over here and we're doing what we've been told to do even though we're in the same room. It's so weird, this brave new world, isn't I it? I put makeup on today. <laughs> oh, I can see. Yeah, thanks. Well thanks. done. Mascara's dry, like you said. Yeah, I, I put makeup on too and it was a very, very strange sensation because actually you've been quite enjoying the whole active wear at home and know, not right? much else. I know, yeah. I know. I know, I'm really grateful for all the leggings that I actually do own. <laughs> Even the ones with holes because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No one can see that. Nah. Are you doing okay with the kids at home? Yeah, you know what? I actually feel really blessed. I, there's something wrong with me that I... I feel like I just see lots of silver linings all the time. I'm like, actually, this is quite good, apart from the illness and people getting sick, obviously. Duh. Mm-hmm. But being at home is great. I have enjoyed it because we've got enough space and air and everything that we can get outside. I feel for people who are in apartments and smaller enclosures in more populated zones because, yes, that is a challenge. Oh, we're in a, the world's tiniest house. Yeah, so that's I know. So much you're, fun. <laughs> you're doing well. Chris has been, my husband, a couple of days has said, What do you want for dinner? And I've texted back vodka. And I don't even actually drink vodka, so I don't even know what I was thinking. But um, no, all jokes aside, you know, I am okay. working from a very confined space at home. Yes. And I feel like I go out and feed the wolves every now and again, like just chuck them some food and I go back in again. <laughs> well, we're going to do what we're going to do. right out there. Well, I think I am so grateful that they are of an age that they can wipe their butt. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, find a packet of biscuits if they really are hungry. Exactly. Yes. Well, you've done better than I have because you've been doing some homeschooling. I haven't done that yet. You know what? I have done a bit, but not I'm because I'm you. a saint, but it actually keeps them busy and occupied and not moaning in my ear. So well, that is the upside of the, the homeschooling schedule. The other day when I was schedule. talking to you, you were like, hang on, we're just doing a science experiment. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh my goodness. So um, today we've got two very special guests joining us. I was yes. really excited when we were both... Um, when we were able to get both Teresa Palmer and Sarah Olson. I was about to, uh, Sarah, I don't know whether I'm like Sarah Olson right, Sarah, Ol- I don't know which way to say your name, so I just <laughs> had to look quickly um, on the podcast. But we want to talk a bit about parenting. Um, we didn't expect to be in the middle of lockdown when we, we no, were able we to get these two on the on the podcast. <laughs> and whilst they're both extremely talented actresses, we are, yeah, we're ke- keen to hear about the whole experience juggling life as a mum and working. So welcome. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Oh, thanks for having us. We oh. haven't done a, a four lot of people talking for quite a while, have no, we? No, this is going to be a In challenge. In fact, the last time we tried to do that, it was a disaster. <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> yeah, it was. Anyway. <laughs> we've moved on. the bar high. <laughs> we've moved on from a technology perspective, yes, so have. I think this will be all right. So, Teresa, tell us where you are and what's happening in your world right now. I'm in Adelaide. Uh, I We got a place um, to quarantine at. We decided to rent somewhere near the beach because at that time you were able to exercise on the beach. I think things have shifted now, so we haven't actually been outside this house for the last couple of days. Um, and we're going back to our home today. It's me, my hubs, my mum and my three children because we actually live with my mum all the time. So we, luckily for us, uh, we get to 
self-isolate with her. It's been pretty chaotic, I have to say. It's great and chaotic. <laughs> what about you, Sarah? You're at home, obviously. We're all at home, except, well, you and I aren't right now. I know. I feel really weird <laughs> being outside of the house, actually. Uh-huh. Um, well, I'm in the US, so I'm in California, and I'm on about day 20 of isolation at this point. So I think we're a little ahead of you guys. But uh, yeah, I'm at home with my kids and my husband and it's been great actually. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm with you where I see, I like to look for the silver lining and everything. So as much as it's, you know, exhausting some days and you're trying to figure out how to juggle 10,000 things, it's also kind of nice just because you're like, well, really like, what do I, what can I do? Like I'm at home and I want to, you know, there, like there's some days when I just want to go through and clean out every single room in the house. And I have done that <laughs> because we've been home for 20 days, right? Yeah, yeah. So I have done that and also the garage. Um, <laughs> but it's nice because there's like there's continuously something to do and the kids are entertained because they have each other. So yeah, which is know, so nice. Now, you guys have created a, a website, your Zen Mama. You've had that website for, I remember writing for that quite a long time ago. So you guys have had that up and running for how long? I think it, we, did we launch in 2015, Sarah? I think so. I love that Listen we Listen to our really mummy know. brain. Oh my God. What I was going to say it feels like five years ago and I think our like anniversary is like June 2nd or something and I'm, right. I'm pulling that out of the air. So, Gosh, so time flies when you're having fun, but why did you create it in the first place? You know, Sarah and I really connected on this idea of that we wanted, I feel like there's so much separatism in the parenting world, people with lots of different ideas and uh, a lot of mummy judgmental um, folks out there. And um, we're like, why can't we just create a community where everyone has the ability to come in and use it as a platform to share their way of doing things and it can be all inclusive and we want it to be a safe place for people to come and vent and talk about the peaks and valleys of parenting and why can't we have an uplifting supportive community rather than uh, tearing each other down. So that was the, the initial idea and then it it sort of went gangbusters um, in that first year or two and, it, and to us that really spoke to the need um, out there for that kind of community. There's so many people who jump into being a parent and feel isolated and they want to connect and share their stories and hear advice. And, um, and you know, yours and mama seem to be the place where a lot of these women were landing and, and that felt really exciting and encouraging and we just continued to grow it from there. Imagine if you were a new mum right now, friend of mine, uh, is just she had her first baby last Monday and she's oh. from a big family and her family was so excited and stuff. And I was like, no one's going to see mm. your baby. And she said, I know. But mm. at the same time that, you know, we go back to that idea of the 40 days, the first 40 yes. days and actually yeah. being able to cocoon yourself with the baby oh. and get used to motherhood and all that. So the flip side is she's got that opportunity without having to make yeah. cups of tea for everybody and make sure everyone else's needs are catered for. So I'm like, you know what, yeah. silver lining there. So I think what you're yeah. saying about your website, your Zen Mama, like what a great place to go if you're feeling maybe like you're a bit isolated but, you know, you do have the community yeah. right there. Like on our website, there's other websites too, but Teresa and I both have done uh, postpartum video logs. And so, you know, if you are a new mom who has maybe feels a little too isolated, 
you can type in postpartum vlog on our website. And then there's like, you know, week one through, I think, didn't we do like 15 weeks each or something? So it kind of gives you a rundown of like what we were going through and then, you know, things, resources that we would use. And, um, and honestly for us, you know, as another part of that is it was so therapeutic for us to write about this stuff too and to feel connected to people all over the world because everyone's stories would come in and it would really inspire us and help open our minds. But then also it was just really nice to be able to share our story as well. Yeah, I think a lot of people are absolutely appreciative of both social media and the internet right now that's Mm -hmm. keeping us all connected. And, you know, especially with platforms like what you've got, it provides resources, but that sense of community as well, I think that's what the majority of us moved away from. Um, I don't know about anyone else, but when I was pregnant with Olivia, I I had a midwife tell me that I definitely didn't want my mother around for the birth. I definitely just wanted to be in this (laughs) bubble with myself and my husband and that that was all that I needed. And I kid you not, within like three hours of having her, I was on the phone crying to my mum going, get here yeah. now. And she was like, right, you didn't yeah. want me here. I said, I was taking the advice of uh, of somebody that, that <laughs> clearly didn't really know And that's me. her own personal experience, yeah. yeah. Right. I was like, I really was beside myself and it wasn't until mum came and helped me and 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 then I'll never forget when she came when Geordie was born and um, it had been three weeks that she had been at our house and she says to me this one day, um, Nat, do you think it would be okay if <laughs> I, I went? She's like, oh. I, I probably need to get back to like your work and your my dad life. and my life. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, fine then. Okay, if you want to leave me. But I, it was so nice to have her. On that, hey, I yeah. I have always been trying to work out and your website sounds exactly like what we try to do and that's to bring a whole lot of ideas together so people can then make up their own mind sort of thing. Yes. But I was reading something, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Steve Biddulf. He's um, a psychologist that's written books about raising boys, raising girls and really, especially uh, from right. a male perspective, really good. On his on his Facebook page the other day, he wrote this. The core of this page is about hearing other viewpoints to help develop your own. So I know that's so simple, but I was like, that's what it's about, that's right? perfect. The midwife is saying that to you. You hear the other viewpoints, but you take those to make up your own. Yeah. Right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I mean, that's what we talk about a lot in the book and on the website is that how do you gather all the information and then you curate your own experience the things that you lean lean into the things that works for you and it how do you let that mama intuitive voice be the loudest voice you listen to and that's really what we um are all about talking I think that's about. so important because it gets lost and also a couple of things when it's a first yeah. time mum you've got no idea what you're doing <laughs> so nope. you really are winging it and you yeah. are listening to what everybody has to say and you do feel the pressure of what everybody's telling you that you need to do. Um, I wish someone had said two things to me. I wish someone had said, this is not permanent because I remember sitting on the couch with (laughs) Olivia and she used to feed for like an hour and a half and then by the time I'd get her back to sleep again, I'd have to feed her again and I was like, this is my life now? Like, I don't want to do this, right? Yeah, I didn't think to the fact that she wouldn't be breastfeeding when she was 20. (laughs) I didn't think that far forward. (laughs) And and, um, and then also at about six months, I really, really resisted co-sleeping, like I resisted because everybody told me it wasn't okay and I was going to suffocate my child and and, and but I was 
doing it kind of underground. And then I yeah. remember one day my husband said to me, she's not going to grow another arm. People have done this for all of time. And just do you. You do you because you're battling with yourself yeah. about co-sleeping. And yeah. then we never looked back. We just went. Oh, I, that's a beautiful way of looking at it. Right. You do you. Yeah. He was, you follow your own instincts and well, you can gather as much information as you want and then you forge your own path with it and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. I, I don't know why, but do you find that mums can be so nasty? Like why are we nasty? <laughs> we, we don't need to be. And I think that what you're creating is beautiful. You're pl- creating a platform where it, that's not what it's about. But I don't know. Is it is because it we get competitive? What is it? I think it typically stems from a place of our own insecurities. Um, Mm -hmm. It it usually comes from a place of a lack of confidence in ourselves and so suddenly you find yourself casting a judgmental eye upon other people's ways of doing things. But there's also a curiosity in that too. I usually find that the most judgmental people actually want to know more about that thing that you're doing, whether it is co-sleeping or whether it is extended breastfeeding. They might be the ones with the most critical voice, but they're also intrigued as to the way you did things. And I always have to say um, you just have to let go of other people's perceptions of you because it says more about what's lacking in them than it does about what you're doing. So you just focus on your own family and your own choices. So you guys obviously connected way back whenever we decided that was five years ago <laughs> because you did <laughs> because you had similar philosophy or do you share like a, a very similar parenting style? What was it that made you find that in each other? Well, we actually met like maybe 13 years ago. I don't know. We were like in our early 20s and both actresses, we were invited to a um, breakfast from a a friend of ours who was just getting a group of girls together. And uh, Teresa and I sat next to each other. And the whole time we were sitting next to each other, we just talked about babies. We were like... (laughs) oh, have you seen this website? And I was like, yeah, have you seen this one? Have you read this book? And, you know, we were both just so, it was so funny because no one else at that breakfast was interested whatsoever. Um, <laughs> They're like in, young Hollywood <laughs> actresses. And here we are talking about wanting to have babies. <laughs> oh, so you hadn't even had them then. This was like, no, oh, yeah, exactly. It was caught, like, you know, funny. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, she didn't. I had a boyfriend but um, I was just like, oh, I've always wanted to be a mom. You know, I love babysitting. It was like stupid, really great, very, <laughs> I mean, I'm from Kentucky originally, you know, and, and Teresa's from Adelaide. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. We just totally bonded on that. And then for years, um, we stayed friends. And then I remember inviting Teresa over to tell her that I was pregnant. I couldn't wait. And so she like came in, started hanging out in the backyard and I was like, I'm pregnant, you know? (laughs) And so, um, and then she got, you know, she fell pregnant like uh, a little bit after that. And so we sort of burst this idea of yours and mama, which by the way, started as like, should we start a commune? Like, should we live <laughs> together? <laughs> I bet you wish you'd done that right now because I yeah, think exactly. people in the communes are the ones laughing at the rest of us. Yes. That's been a continuous conversation between our families for many It'll years. It'll happen, a lot of, Sarah. 
It'll happen eventually. And I even write about it in the book. I'm like still waiting for (laughs) Teresa and Mark to move back here. We can all live together. (laughs) So we just wanted to, you know, have this community where it was like for moms, dads, caregivers, doulas, midwives to be able to come and sort of connect. And that's where we land on yours and mama. I love that you've got that whole community thing because I've spoken about this before about when I fell pregnant, I fell pregnant very easily. And that was great, but I just wasn't prepared. Um, I had no Mm -hmm. information about anything. I didn't know what to do. I was just like, oh, wow, okay. I'll have to (laughs) learn really quickly. And so I made decisions that, you know, when I had learnt stuff down the track that I probably could have chosen a better path for myself, but I didn't Mm -hmm. know any better. So I think having a resource like that where you've got a lot of different voices and and things explained to you in a a frank and easy way, I think is amazing, Mm -hmm. not preachy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. talk about your careers as well because I love that you were saying you were in your 20s and you were just like hey I want to have babies because oh yeah I think (laughs) for women and I know when I had um my first baby I was like how does this who am I at work now like how how do people Mm -hmm. perceive me I mean I'm the one that does the mum clap so clearly I'm a mum these days but um how did you then become the gorgeous young thing in Hollywood but also a mother. How did that work? Oh, well, for me, it was quite funny because my agents still tell the story that I landed in Hollywood. I was—I didn't even realize how lucky I was at the time. I just figured, oh, I guess this the is best. how it works when you're an actress. You go, you go to Cannes, the Cannes Film Festival with your first movie and <laughs> then an agent just kind of snaps you up, I guess. And then you go to America and I guess you start working. And I just had no idea. It, I, it was my first film. I was just thrown into the whirlwind of American managers and agents. And, um, and within two days, I had landed in Los Angeles and I got whisked to um, meet the heads of this very big agency. Um, at the time, it was just William Morris Agency. And I had heard about them and all the amazing clients they had. And I walked into this boardroom to meet all the partners, um, the senior agents, and my manager talked about who I was and I got up at the table and I announced to everyone, oh, this is just very exciting. This is really wonderful that I'm here. Thank you so much for meeting me. I think I I should just um, let you all know that first and foremost, my priority in life is to be a mother (laughs) and I am going to have a big family. I want to have at least five children. (laughs) I was about 20 at the time and um, they all still talk about it, but I was the only client that came in <laughs> for that initial meeting and let them all know that actually I, I want to be a mum and maybe I'll do my career <laughs> second, but being a mum was my priority. So I feel like I'm, so, I'm still so true to that. I, well, as soon as I had children, uh, my focus definitely shifted and, and for whatever reason, maybe because I didn't have all my eggs in one basket and my passion was elsewhere, more work opportunities came my way. And I think it's because I was less fixated on um, the trajectory of my career and the jobs that I had to get and um, the direction that my career was taking. I had this little baby all of a sudden, everything I had ever wanted. And 
and everything went into him. And, um, and I found that it actually ended up opening work doors for me in a way that I, I didn't have those opportunities previously. But I think that says something about this idea of letting go of, mm. you know, the control and the pressure and the, and the want, the desire and the need to be working. And then, Absolutely. you know, it was... It's the, I think it's the authenticity in that, like being so authentic. And I think there's so many people who are acting in a way that's not actually true to themselves. So it doesn't really in the long run get them where they want to go because we're Mm -hmm. pretending to be something that we're not. And I think Mm -hmm. what you're explaining is the fact that you just owned who you were and you, well, you didn't really know any better either. That's always a good place to be. Absolutely. But if you're going into something like that's a perfect example, you don't know what the pitfalls are. So you haven't really, you know, looked at those. You're just like, yeah, well, here I am. This is great. Yeah, I love that. Doesn't everyone go to Khan? Yeah. (laughs) This is amazing. (laughs) I don't know what all the fuss is about. Like, I love that. Uh, It's, um, yeah, it was quite a journey. And to now look back and I I wish I could um, talk to my younger self and just say, hey, let go. Like, actually, the more you let go and embrace just being present and the things that come your way, the easier this journey will be. Um, But that was all a part of my growth and the way that I learned and, and, um, you know, getting closer to who I was, I needed to have those first few years of stumbling and feeling incredibly lonely and sad. And, um, and I had a young girl actually email me. She's 16 and she's like, I want to be an actress. What's it like to be famous? Tell me everything. What, tell me about Hollywood. Ah. Um, and I actually just wrote her a really long email a couple of (laughs) nights ago, just saying that actually, um, you've got to follow what's true in your heart and what that passion is and, and let go of the need to be famous, let go of the need to, um, be well known. Um, just like what sparks joy in you? Um, and she was like, it's being on stage. And, and that was beautiful. And, um, yeah, so it was a really interesting first chunk of time in, in my career. And then everything just settled in me. I found that home place as soon as I had my little boy. Beautiful. Just quickly on the fame thing, I I think it's great that you touched on that because I'm fascinated with this obsession that people have on being famous because what is that like to, like you say, to to have fame and stuff? Like it's just a byproduct really, but people sometimes seem to aim for it rather than Yeah, I I think so. And I'm sure that that was a part of my goal as a younger person. I always loved I think, you know, I was an only child. I came from a split family home and um, I always wanted the attention and I felt like I was getting external validation. If I, if I stood up and I was this bright, shiny thing, I would get more love. And I think that that's kind of what carried me through this um, desire to reach these goals in a way that meant that I, I garnered a profile. Mm-hmm. And I think once I sort of landed there and I was going to red carpets and um, working with these people that I had always dreamt of working, there was still a hollowness within me. Um, and actually, as I've gotten older, I'm realizing that my truer self actually doesn't like having a lot of the attention. Um, I have gone quieter and softer and more observant the older I get. 
um, that actually I'd prefer to be more of um, a wallflower than <laughs> um, the, the big, bright, shiny thing. And that's my, been my own journey with it. I think at the, at the start, like the paparazzi and, and that experience, there's, there's a rush that you get, um, especially when you're in your early 20s. And then after a while, it has an erosive effect. And I don't, I don't think that's healthy on anyone. And then um, certainly once I have my children, you know, getting photographed pregnant with the children and um, it all just started to feel gross. It felt really gross. And it was one of the main driving factors of, I was like, I just want to go have a normal life. I want to have a semblance of normality for my, for my children and still get to work in the film industry, but have this base quite far away. And that's, that's why we decided to move back to the Adelaide Hills and I can tap in and work. And, um, and then I get to return back home to Adelaide Hills and my kids go to school in Adelaide and we have a very sort of quiet, slow living life here. Sarah, what's your, just, you know, in terms of your experience, go on, tell us you're an overnight success as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was actually modeling in Chicago and um, I had like packed my car up from Kentucky and just sort of moved away from home when I was 18. So I didn't know what I was going to do with my life, but I had always been an actor, like just in local theater and stuff like that. I loved it. I mean, I really enjoyed it and I, I sang my whole life. And so as I was modeling in Chicago, which is not my calling whatsoever, (laughs) one of my agents was like, you know, you might be more suited for um, doing commercial work or something, you know? And so I auditioned for a couple commercials and then he was like, I have a TV show you could audition for. And so I auditioned for this TV show and they flew me to LA like a few weeks later and I tested for it for Fox and, um, and they told me in the room that I got the job and I was like, what? <laughs> and of course, like, I didn't know that that was something just like Teresa, like I didn't actually realize that that's probably one of the hardest things ever is getting, it's called a test. So after the the test, they told me in the room that I got the job. And so then I was sort of quickly run into doing TV. I went from that TV show to another TV show and then eventually film. And, um, and you know, I felt really lucky. I was moved out, you know, to... California and stayed out here working and and I knew that I wanted to be a mama and so working in TV and film I just always sort of watched the mothers around me that I worked with and I was like oh yeah I'm gonna do that I'm gonna bring my kid to set bring my baby I'm gonna breastfeed on set I'm gonna have my baby in my trailer so you know when that happened I was on a TV show and sort of made that part of my life is that I would bring my son with me to set and I'd breastfeed in between takes and um, I never asked permission. I just did it. You know what I mean? And so it was kind of one of those things where I was like, I don't know if this is normal or if it's okay, but I'm just going to do it and I'm going to bring him on set and have him say hi to everybody. And who can say no to a cute little baby? (laughs) So, um, but I would say for me, just like with Teresa, the kind of turning point for me with looking the way that I looked at my career was when I actually had my home birth with my son. That was probably the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life. And it was definitely the most impactful. And I think the day that I gave birth to him, like a new version of me emerged. With that new version, I, there was an inner strength that I maybe didn't have before that that was there now. And I kind of felt like 
after doing that, I could do anything. Things like worrying about auditions or worrying about that next job or whatever, it made those things kind of go away. And I just had a different kind of feeling of empowered. And I was like, I would walk into a room and think, I'm a mom. Who cares? <laughs> like, if I don't get this job, like, I have an amazing kid at home. I have an amazing husband. And I love what I do. Like, this is just bonus, right? If I get this job, mm-hmm. this is just bonus. I don't know. Like, I'm sure, you know, maybe a lot of women feel like that, however their birth is. For me, it was just a very transformative moment. Beautiful. You know what? I love that you didn't ask permission. And I also love that now <laughs> we're living in a time where kids are just part of the the fabric of work mm-hmm. all of a sudden. And, you yes. know, you think like a month ago, if you had done a conference call with someone and your kids are in the background, everyone would have been like, oh, well, you know, oh, that's no good. But now it's like, mine, oh, by the way. you know, yeah, <laughs> no, it's fine. It's good. I love that. I just that love guy, that it's changed. That, that guy where the nanny calls in and like, where now who's laughing? I still cry <laughs> when I see that. Like I'm, that nanny flew in, you know her butt hurts still yeah. from like sliding in there, right? Like that nanny flew in oh on her God. booty grabbed the kid that was in the little chair. She grabbed the other and her face was just like, and then the dude is pretending like it didn't happen. You know, he's like, continuing on with this little conversation, you know, and doing his thing. And the the other anchor is like, this definitely just happened. Can you just acknowledge it? <laughs> it was amazing. It's so it's funny. my favorite video. It I think so, so We're funny. just all living in reality TV now. It's excellent. Well, I was on a mentoring call yesterday and I was mentoring. So, you know, someone's paying me to be mentored. <laughs> and Jordy's in, my son is in the background. He's having one of those defiant moments because he knows I'm not yes. going to tell him off. So he's like, no, I'm not going. And I'm like, uh, and he's like, I'm not going. And I'm like, I can't pause the Because you're being the best version of yourself on the phone. And you're like, excuse me, Jordy, mummy's yeah, on the phone. Like, <laughs> Where's your dad? And then he walks you're in. Like, Get out of here. The funniest part is he walks oh. in. And so what's happened is my supermarket trolley has become far from what I'm proud of at the moment because it's, it was at one point what was ever left. And Oh, my children have never actually had rice Same. bubbles in their life, but I found this mega box of rice <laughs> bubbles at the very top. Like it was probably something correct, right? And so they've seen this trolley come. So I've come home with the groceries and it was at the stage where you could still have the, the friends were allowed to come over. So Livy's opened the pantry and she's like, look what mum's bought. And I'm like, oh. shut the pantry. Anyway, point of this is Jordy comes <laughs> burning in yesterday. He's like, mum, I'm hungry. And I'm like, yeah, mate, you told me. Like five minutes ago, I know. He's like, can I have a muesli bar for breakfast? And I'm on this conference call with a You're very, like, sure. very. Yeah, I'm like, mate, just <laughs> have go. whatever you just want. Have three. It's fine. You know oh what? my God. My kids have burger rings for I breakfast. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> My my daughter Brody made lamingtons. Up into the pantry. Oh my god! Oh my god! We've had vanilla slices. Yeah. We have had burgerings. I bought Skittles. My husband ate the entire packet of Skittles. Then did like ten push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this will get rid of it, right? I was um. like, yeah. And he's like. I'm going into the Cornettos. So he like raced downstairs, started. <laughs> I love his guilt that surrounds him eating something. And oh it's my so God. funny. But like he's when- a major binge eater. That's hilarious. And he will just, 
eat the whole packet and then do a few more sit-ups. And then yeah. he's like, I can't believe you're buying this junk. Why are you buying it? Why have you put it in the house? This is the thing. We're living in a world where the rules have just been put on ice. Hibernation yeah. rules. Eating a packet of salt and vinegar chips this big. Every, yeah, like so Samboy, yes. salt and vinnies. Every every single day. Oh my goodness! This has been such a great episode, Teresa. Um, tell us just quickly what what's in the book. Tell us why we all need it. It's um, finding your path through pregnancy, birth, and beyond. It is the idea of being Zen-ish, trying to find that semblance of calm in the chaos, embracing the imperfect picture of parenting. Um, it's a smash up of advice and things we've got from our Yours and Mama community and just various musings and we share a lot of intimate personal stories and we want it to feel like you're chatting with your best mate who's giving you a bunch of ideas and you can take what works for you and you can leave what doesn't and we love it. We poured our heart and soul into it and we're really proud of it. And where can people find the book? If you're in Australia, you can find the book on Amazon um, or our Instagrams. It's also in our bios. Perfect. Um, Thank you so much (laughs) for taking the time to chat with us. We're excited to share this. You know what? I think where it's really missing is that pregnancy in that first first little while. So I'm very excited to be able to share this with our our audience as well because I think that's really missing. We're all in ISO right now anyway. Great time to be reading. Perfect time. Perfect time. It's all, it's pre-pregnancy, pregnancy, it's postpartum, and then it's, like, you know, pregnancy loss, there. it's all the things. It's about your mental health too. So, you know, we mm-hmm. cover all the bases. Totally love it. Thank well, you. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, I don't know about you, but I wish I had something like that when I had my- Olivia. You do know about me. I had no idea. <laughs> You know what, actually, I'll tell, you, tell a quick funny story. Mm. We had family friend come over and Livy was a baby still and she was pregnant and she's like, can I please change the nappy? I've mm-hmm. never changed a nappy yeah. before. I, I need to probably learn. And I'm like, yeah, knock yourself out, go for it. And I kind of just left her to her own device. <laughs> you didn't show her what to do. I didn't show her. And I came back and it was on backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I think someone says they've never done it before. Maybe probably say, should help Would them. you like me to show you yes, how to do it? <laughs> probably should help them. How funny, how funny. Uh, well, I've thoroughly enjoyed this episode, Cecilia. Um, you know what to do. Jump on our Instagram, say hello to us. Wherever you are listening to this, please leave us a rating. Mm-hmm. And Natalie likes five stars. I love five stars. She doesn't understand less. one, two, three, I or don't, four. I actually, we don't. I really no. Don't. So, I don't um, and please, if you do that, that helps let other people know how much you've enjoyed it and to get other ears listening to us. So, thank you very much. Excellent. So, yeah, we hope this episode has <laughs> left you feeling happier, healthier, and better. 